Hey everyone, it's Ariel Hawani. And I'm Chuck Mendenhall. And I'm Pete Carroll, and together we are Three Pack. Join us on the brand new Spotify Live app immediately after all of the biggest fights in combat sports. And also during the weigh-ins, because that's when the real drama happens. So what are you waiting for? Follow the Ring MMA show right now on our exclusive Spotify podcast feed. And come join the best community in MMA. Peace! We're out of here. It's the Ringer NBA show presented by FanDuel. The road to the NBA Finals starts now, and FanDuel is the best place to get in on the action. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Quick Bets, which are back and better than ever for the NBA playoffs on FanDuel. Find out what you're looking for faster and easier with more props right at your fingertips. You can check out live bets like three-minute markets and exclusive live bets like quarter player props, player assist combos, and more. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available. And listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 years and older, 18 and older in D.C., and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Hyundai. Whether it's taking all your little ones to their sporting events or everybody getting together and taking a ride to the beach, the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped for any adventure. With features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud or standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Poppin', real ones. Logan Murdoch here, Raja Bell there. Mailbag time. How you doing, Rob? Let's go. I hope they came with some good stuff this this year, man. I know, I know, I know. Not that they usually don't. I'm just saying. I hope uh, that again, the listeners have tapped in with some real fire. I, that's, that's just my hope. That was a, that was that was a great recovery. Good job, buddy. Thanks. That was a good job. <laughs> um, I am. I just wanted to rant really quickly. I went to go see the Lakers last night in Sacramento and it was just heartbreaking. I don't want to get too much into it, but I have to say that it was just, it was just a very, very bad display of basketball. So you were at the game where Pat Beverly down 30 gave someone the you're too small when he hit the little jump hook in the lane. You were at the game. I wasn't, that was in Phoenix that I was in Sacramento last night. Um, Oh, that was last night. My bad. To my My knowledge, I don't think that he did the, I don't think he did any of those antics um, during this game, but I also left at the end of the third quarter. So, you know, it could be, it could have happened. I'm not sure, but it was very tough. It was tough. I feel for you, man. I feel for Laker fans. I, I know I just saw the viral video of him this morning. I didn't see what exactly what team it was, but I, you know, obviously that hit a little spot with me. Um, he did it to Chris Paul down 30. He did that to Chris Paul. Down. Oh. <laughs> um, it's tough. Man. It's, it's really tough. Because everything we said at the beginning of the year is now happening in December. And it's it's just, it's hard. It's really hard. There are a lot of people that I feel for individually. As a collective, obviously, the Laker fan base. But Darvin Ham, I mean, I guess you know what you're getting into, right? Like, it's part of, it's part of the decision-making. Like, do you hop into a situation like that? And in a lot of instances, um, especially young blackhead coaches or prospective blackhead coaches, they don't have necessarily the ability um Mm -hmm. to sit there and pick and choose the ideal situation to go into so if they're going to give you a look you you probably should take that um 
especially if it's the Los Angeles Lakers. There's it's 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 really big deal for that to happen. That's yeah. So like on the flip side, of that, it's the Lakers and and you know, but it is a mess, and that was a mess. It was a mess, bro. It's also, a mess. I I, found, I had another revelation last night. I could never be an NBA player ever. So I get to the arena really early, right? right. I got there early, and um, I see friend of the show Juan T. Shout out Juan T. OG Phil Handy is um is uh put him through a workout. Sidebar: Can we just do this? Because Phil Handy's my dog too. Like his young yeah. fellow Mackenzie. Town business. Yeah, when his, his young fellow Mackenzie was just coming out of school, I was in Cleveland with the Cavs, and I spent many an afternoon with Mackenzie in the weight room or on the court, you know, trying to mentor him in a little bit of role I could I could, I could be for him in that capacity. I hit Phil to come on the show. Phil told me I got to talk to his publicist, bro. Mm. That's hey. how Handy played me. All the real ones out there. Talk to Phil Handy when you see him at a game. Be like, yo, what the hell is going on? Because you got a connection with Phil Handy. He literally gave my sons their first basketball workout ever in the Cavs, like, practice facility, man. Like, me and Phil go back. Phil told me to talk to his publicist, bro. Phil from Oakland, bro. Like, what the hell is going on? Hey, man, listen. He's an acquaintance of the show until further notice. Shout out to Phil Handy, but that that is unacceptable. That is just unacceptable. But anyway, back to the point. The point. So so OG Phil is giving um Juan T like giving him a pregame workout. And there's for everybody that doesn't know, there's a difference between a pregame workout if you're playing versus if you're not playing. If you're not playing, you're getting fucking you're getting a workout. One one is a workout and one is 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 like a shooting session, getting warmed up. Juan was getting a workout, and he is running sc- running a screen here, running to the other side of the court, getting a jump shot in, running to the back to the other side of the court again, getting another jump shot in, then going even into a pick and roll. And that's just one drill. And I was so tired just looking at that shit, bro. I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. Like, one of these drills would have just been a whole workout for me, and I would have fallen out. Phil had wanted a bag. One was in a bag. Yeah, I remember those days, man. Like I'd play. Mike Woodson was my guy in Philly, my second year, and I'd I'd go through a whole workout, and Woody was still in a bit of shape. So Woody would then play me one on one. Like we'd get after it and play one on one for twenty minutes. And the the worst is, I guess it's the best and the worst, right? Because it's the best because you actually get in the game. It's the worst because you've done a whole workout like that. Mm-hmm. And now because of circumstances, coach looks down to the end of the bench and is like, yo, Logan, let's go. And you're like, what? Who, me? And yeah. now with them dead ass legs after having a whole <laughs> workout, you got to get out there and try to try to show something in, in two minutes that might warrant you getting four minutes the next game. Dog, the NBA is tough, man. It's a tough league. Like you want to. There's a real difference between professionals and mortals, dude. And I, And you can even see it during the workouts. And I was just looking. I'm like. I had to tell Phil, I was like, damn, dog. Like, I, I was like, come on, bro. And it was one point during the during the uh, workout session, Juan was like, they got me out here for an hour, bro. And I love it. <laughs> 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 it was great. It was great. So there was a bright spot in seeing the Lakers play like shit. But it, it, was, it, was, it was a fun night out in, in Sacramento last night. Well, all right, then. A beautiful new arena, right? I mean, that thing is... <sighs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say a hot take right now. I'm gonna, yeah. uh, everyone out here knows my take, but I'm gonna finally bring it to real ones. I think that on the low, Golden One in Sacramento is better than Chase Center. I'm just oh. gonna go out on a limb, and I, I think that that's, oh. I think that that's the case. I really do. I, it's, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go there, and 
we'll, we'll talk about it later. Maybe on the next mailbag, a real one to call me out on that. But I, that's my hot take. I think there it is, Jason. Um, speaking of that, let's get to the questions. And um, before we get to the questions, I'm gonna bring out who's making his real one's debut. One third eye Kai. Hey, what's going on? Hey. Hold us down and 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 tell us. Uh, he's gonna. He's he's live from the street, so he's gonna tell us what what the real ones are saying and give us some questions. And we're gonna go from here, man. So yes, sir. What up, third eye Kai? How you doing, bud? I'm good, man. Honored to to be here, make my real ones debut with y'all. I mean, without further ado, we'll get right into it. So first questions from Carlos. Say what's up, Logan and Raja. Peace and happiness for your holiday seasons. Question is for fans of tanking. Young and not very good teams. How do you seriously evaluate development? How do you personally pick out things that look good that can translate to a future winner as opposed to players putting up numbers just based on them being the ones getting the minutes? I.e. a young player like Killian Hayes finally showing some flashes as soon as Cade was injured. Mm, that's a really good question. That's a fantastic ahead, question. Yeah, you, you have a bit more knowledge into like the nuances of this. I can only go from a journalist perspective. So go go ahead. What, what do you got on this? Yeah, no, that's a fantastic question. And I mean, Carlos, I asked for good questions, buddy. Kudos to you, man. Happy holidays back at you. Um, it's a very hard thing to do is the answer to that question. Um, because you see general managers all the time take someone from a young team that's scoring a ton of points, overpay them, try to put them into a situation that is ready to win, and they just they're not able to to play at that level yet. So they're overpaid. And so you see general managers, like the brightest minds in the game, miss on that all the time. It's very hard to tell when it's 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 actual true development or if it's just, hey, man, somebody's got to get these points up because there's a minimum points that have to be scored in an NBA game. Um, what I would what I would kind of try to do is see if said player continues to add to his game. Can you see new wrinkles in his game from year to year, from month to month, um, from half of the season to half of a season? Or is he the same player getting the same stats and he's just, you know, maybe he's fractionally scoring more points. But like, you know, for young players, when they play pick and roll initially, like let's say he's just a great scorer at a pick and roll, right? Like that's great. But a year from now or six months from now, is he learning how to make the right reads at a pick and roll? Does he become a a facilitator in pick and roll um, as, as defenders go, like he might be a great primary on ball defender, but in four months from now, is he starting to get better at his rotations? Is he in help side when he's supposed to be, is he making second level plays as a defender? So you're looking for, for growth, not just statistics, but you want to see them continue, you know, their games evolve. And that, that lets you know that there's development taking place. I think a good example of what Raja lays out is, I remember um, in the tw- in the nineteen twenty season with the with the Warriors, there was a guy by the name of Eric Pascal who made all rookie first team. But after a year, the Warriors had realized. I say after a year for sure, but then after um, you know the second year, he got he got a little injured and stuff. But they could see that he wasn't going to be a long term fit. And now on your on on the on one side, you're like. Dude, he just went all NBA. What are you talking about? This is the guy that you should want to build around. But um, I say all that to say teams look for the whole package. They don't really necessarily look at the scoring aspect when they're so bad. Because to Roger's point, everybody can score in this league. They can get buckets. Um, you're looking for little things like, you know, what are the subtle things that this person is doing? Is he doing the back cuts? Is he... 
Um, is he showing good basketball IQ? Um, because I think remember when Juan was here um, a few years ago when he was when people were getting on his head like in the precinct, like bro, why you ain't scoring so much? Why you ain't doing all this stuff? It's because he knew his role, and his role was to set screens and sometimes initiate offense, but really just be a high energy guy. They want you to be really good in the role that they see for you. The teams want you to be good in the role that they see for you. So it's less. I'd say a key indicator is Carlos. If is if you're seeing if you're looking at the stat sheet and you're seeing a guy that you envision not necessarily being a scorer on a championship team for you, when you look at the stat sheet, you want to see that shit. Hella rebounds, hella assists, um, maybe eight points, but you want to see a well-rounded stat sheet. You don't want to see 35 points, no assists, and five boards. Like that's not doing anything for anyone. Um, you want to see a well-rounded basketball player that can integrate into a championship-level team. And I, I think that's that would be my biggest thing um, to for indicator for a young team. Those are all great points, Logan. But let's say this young player on this young team is going to be a primary scorer um, in his future role, right? Like, that's what he was drafted to do. In that space, you know, you want to see him you want to see him continue to expand his offensive arsenal, right? Like, if, if let's say he's a... Uh, uh, primarily a driver. Well, can we can we start to score on different levels? Be, meaning, you know, not only can we get to the basket, but do we have a mid range pull up game or something in the mid post? Do, does he is he able to stretch the floor now and knock down the three? Like, can he become a more well rounded offensive player? Is is he volume? Can he work on his efficiency? Like, can he do more with less? Like, these are things that you want to see young players continue to grow. Like, as offensive players, um, can he become a playmaker? So. You know, will he understand that it, even though his primary objective on a team is going to be to score, there are going to be times where, you know, this double is being sent at him and he's got no problem distributing the ball. Does he stand after he gets off of the ball? Right. So, boom, he get the double came. He had to move it. Does he stand and accept the fact that someone else is going to shoot or is he in perpetual motion, i.e. Staff or Jason Tatum or Devin Booker or one of these guys where he's going to work to get it back? Like those are things that you would look for, Logan, if one of these guys were a primary scorer. Uh, to see if his development is on track. Question though on that one though, like I'm thinking about a guy like Paul George, um, who who got his calling card on defense in Indiana and then evolved into a really great player. Like, how do you find that though? Because like there's a world where Paul George is just like a three and D guy, right? Or he's just a guy that just is your just shut down defender. How do you find out like, oh, this guy is gonna be a superstar. This guy is really fucking good. How do you find that? From a, when you don't necessarily see that in the first couple of years, and his role has just drastically changed over the years, how do you how do you scout that? We may not see that as the fan, right? But the people in the building see that every day. Like that might not be his role on the team right now, but behind closed doors, we're watching practices and we see the ability to handle the ball and play make, um, the ability to score you know, on levels of the floor that he's not asked to score in games necessarily yet or the potential to do so. Like, there'd be flashes of that. That's not something that you wake up the next morning and you're like, hey, guess what? I got this bag. You're not. Like, you 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 have that and you show flashes of it in practice. So as a staff, it's our job to weigh winning now versus allowing you to explore your game and continue to develop, right? There's an equation there, you know, that it has to be in balance if we're a team that's winning right now. The Pacers were winning, um, so maybe it's not time for him to like take control of this yet, but at the same time, foster, you know, and nurture his ability to grow and expand his game. 
you know, at, at the practice facility in whatever we have set up outside of the scope of real meaningful games. And we continue to nurture that side of it and you'll see it continue to blossom. So the people who need to know would know that the, the ability was there. It has to be cultivated. It has to be worked on. And once we feel like it's at a point where we can win with it, then we let it loose. That's what's up, man. Carlos, way to come out the gate. Bro. Dog, I don't think it's great. Get hot. Kai, what, what we got next? What's up? All right. Next question. I think we got a lot of Knicks uh, related questions uh, from, from the listeners because, I mean, quite a quite a win streak there, which was unfortunately snapped yesterday uh, for Knicks fans. But this one's from the Ringer's own Keith Fujimoto, who works on the social too. So Keith. shout out to him. Keith. Shout out to Keith. He says, is the Knicks streak fraudulent or does the team have the inner workings of a minor postseason run? With several question marks, I need to be set straight. Keith is a huge Knicks fan. Like, huge. Right? I don't believe in this Knicks run. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, I don't think, I, I don't know if they're going to go into a deep, deep playoff run. I think it's a great time right now. I just, when I look at the Knicks, I see, you know, I think R.J. Barrett would have to take a monumental leap. And a lot of guys have to take a monumental leap for them to be a real contender in the Eastern Conference. I think this is a really great December streak, and it's also a great building block towards the future. But I just don't see them making a big, big postseason run. Rob, what do you, what do you think? I would agree with that. I don't know that you know they're they're at a point right now. Although they're 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 really good defensively, and so defensively. You know, if you, if, if you can if you can hang your hat on one thing it, it, and you do that at an elite level, you know, I think that gets you in a playoff conversation. Um, you know, obviously to win on a championship level, you've got to be super high level at, at, at multiple things. But um, I think they're I think that they're a year away, a piece away or something away from being very real. Do, do, are the Knicks, could they be a playoff team this year and be a scary out for someone? Possibly. They're playing well, right? If they're playing well. But I, I don't think I would look at the Knicks and say, yeah, this is where I want to be next year in terms of, uh, as a, not as a player, mind you, but as a as a fan base, as a front office, as a franchise, I wouldn't look at our team and be like, yeah, well, this is, this is what it needs to look like for us to get a championship. I don't think you're at that point. This thing, though, like for New York is... They don't, I mean, they've been in the middle for a long time, but they don't, it's hard to be in the middle in a city like New York because it's hard to develop, like, it's hard to develop in front of those bright-ass lights. You get what I'm saying? Like, for another team, this would be a great thing. Like, if this was something where, I don't know, what's it, like Charlotte, if Charlotte was doing something like this, they, they don't have as much pressure on them and they can figure this shit out. And I feel like, Whenever if the Knicks do something and they they go on a little streak, it's you know the garden is back, baby. Orange and blue skies, you know Tim's in the air. And sometimes what's tell Knicks fans just relax and enjoy it, bud. Just relax and enjoy it, and and enjoy where we're at. And I it's I just feel like whenever something like this happens, I'm not talking about Keith specifically. I just I just the Knicks fans on the timeline and everybody that I know. It's just like yo, just like relax, just enjoy what you're seeing. Well, yeah, look, so again, do do I think the Knicks are going to win a championship? No. Again, do, could the Knicks be a, a playoff team that's scary out for someone? They play hard as shit. They they have some grimy dudes who will get down and fight you for it. Like they they reflect their coach. Yeah, all of that's true. And there's, you should take some pride in that. I do believe them, though, to be like not not unlike a lot of teams um, that are kind of hovering around that a piece. 
a piece. And it, and it doesn't necessarily have to be, when I say a piece, it doesn't always have to be that scoring guy. Although I think the Knicks could probably use a guy like that. Sometimes it's just a piece that tightens your chemistry up in, a bit, or, you know, it's just something that, that needs to be done to get them over the hump. But a, a good story, something to be proud of, right? Playoff team. Let's keep it moving. Keep it moving. All right, man. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. The one thing I am just always scared of with the Knicks is just, I'm just like, so we were talking about Anthony Davis before, like last episode. It's similar with the Knicks, but with the twist. It is, I'm always waiting for the other shoe to drop. You know? Like, I'm always waiting for shoe. Like, yeah, this is great right now. But everything about the Knicks' recent history suggests, and by, when I say recent history, like the last 20 years, there's always something. There's always something with the Knicks. They can never just, they can never just get it, like, get it done. And I just, I just, I guess I'm just waiting for the other shoe to drop. There you go. Sorry, Keith. All right. Up next, we got the uh, Raja teaches youth basketball question. This is, we got, we got several, several of these, but I, I picked one and I think, I think y'all are going to like this one a lot. This one's from Kyle. And it's a longer one, but bear with me. It's a, it's a good one. He says, what's up y'all? Love the pod. Look forward to it every week. Got to give y'all your flowers. Logan, you forgot to give out the Logan's most improved memorial award, but you've gotten better and better every pod. Your questions and segues are more on point than ever. And you guide every conversation with finesse and freedom. Agreed, my boy. Agreed. Raja. Thanks, man. You're one of the most relatable and down-to-earth people I've ever listened to. Honestly, we come to the pod for basketball, but we stay for the stories, life lessons, and shits and giggles you bring together with Logan. Or my wife just had our second baby four months ago and named her Roxanne. Ra-ra for short. Shout out to you, Logan. <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> my wife and I both love sports and want our kids to be involved in them. So I'm curious, Raja, what has basketball or sports in general taught you about being a parent and a father? I appreciate any words of wisdom and thoughts you have. Thanks, y'all. Kyle's a G. Well, well, well done, Kyle. Thank you for listening first and foremost, man. Congratulations. Probably first and foremost. Thanks for listening. Secondly, um, that's pretty dope. Listen, well, so I mean, that's a large, it's a pretty large question, right? And I'm forced to answer this relatively quickly. So what I, what I will say about sports and kids, um, and being a parent with kids that play sports is, and, and mind you, <laughs> I'm, I'm speaking here from, from successes and failures. Like I fucked up. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that I ain't burned a kid out on a sport. Cause I've done that. Um, let them play what they want to play. I mean, introduce them to a lot of things. Um, you know, I, we did that the right way where we put every kind of ball out there and let them play T-ball and soccer and golf and, uh, football and basketball and, we kind of let them gravitate towards what they like to do. Um, I think that's really important. Um, I think um, once once they decide, you know, what they like to do, keep it light for them as much as you can. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you I don't want my kids when they were in the fourth grade to be good little AAU players because I did. But I was way tougher on my first son with basketball than I was on my next two. And he told me straight up, yo, I don't love this like that. Um, so, you know, keep it light, keep it fun at the same time, improving their games, right? Like we're, we're we subscribe to in our family, Hey, if you're going to play, let's be the best little version of ourselves we can be. So I'm not saying that it's all shits and giggles when you're on the court. We want to learn how to compete. We want to learn how to be, you know, tough and all of that, but there's got to be an element of, Hey, I'm still a kid and I'm still having a good time doing this. Uh, that's really important. Um, and then, 
you know, you can't fight all your kids' battles for them as much as you want to as they get older, whether that be, you know, with a coach uh, or another player or a damn referee that you see all the time and you want to sit there and scream at him. Hey, you fucking stop. Like, you know what I mean? And again, <laughs> I ain't sitting here. I'm telling you, <laughs> I'm telling you from experience, man, like you can't fight their battles for them and try to always have them in the best situation. Although that's your job as a parent, you can't make every situation right is what I'm saying. So sometimes best lesson for a kid is learning. Um, having been in that situation that as a parent, you tried to fix for him, just let, let it work itself out. And, you know, you'll get kids that know how to handle themselves, that are mature, um, that feel like, you know, they're safe in their space. And then listen to them, bro. I'm sorry, this turned into a parenting thing. Listen to them. Like when my son, I, I give myself a little bit of credit with this joker because although I burned him out with basketball because I pushed him hard, hard, hard early, when he told me he didn't want to play it anymore, I listened. And he turned into a really good damn football player because, you know, I allowed him to say, you know, I don't want to be out in his backyard anymore. I want to go throw the ball and learn defensive coverages, and I listened. And I think he and I are better for it, and our relationship's better for it. That's just so, bro. Tears are, are getting held. Hey, listen, I didn't mean it to be that, but it was a great question, Kyle. It was a good question, my boy. Thanks, Kyle. Uh, Kyle, what's next? Up next, we got uh, one from Michael, switching gears a little bit here. This one's, um, it's kind of, about Phoenix, about uh, trading, about the new the new owner. So I thought y'all could hit on that. Uh, Michael says, given the pending new ownership group in Phoenix, is it unlikely Phoenix will execute any trades before the trade deadline after the Bridges, Aiton, Aiton, Monty public disagreements? Is it possible Aiton could go back on the trade block? Is he the big that Brooklyn is needing? And then there's a rumor that incoming owner of the Suns, Matt Ishbia, has beef with Dan Gilbert. Have you two ever heard of interesting beef between team owners or basketball operation teams? Oh, that's oh. a lot. Wait, I want to get to the, the Phoenix stuff first, and then we can talk about the beef stuff. I think with Phoenix, either way, like I don't think it's going to affect trading the, this this uh, this trade deadline, just because um, James Jones, as we all know, has probably has had like a lot of autonomy to do what he wants there, and I don't think a new ownership is going to change that. At least in the interim, right? At least in the interim. I think in the interim, as it's going on. Raj is giving me a face right now. But I think, like, in the next couple of months, as they're transferring power and stuff, I think James will have autonomy to do what he wants. Is that fair? Like, I'm talking about over the next two months. I'm not talking about over the totality of the time. But there's just so many moving things that are going on. I think James will have his autonomy. I would disagree. Um, I'm not say- I'm not saying that that he won't have it. But I'm saying that... First of all, I don't know the timeline of that, but I'm saying there are situations where an ownership group comes in and Robert Sarver and James had a, have a relationship that goes back to when I played with the Suns and James was there, right? Like owner, a new owner might come in there and not have the same philosophy of, of allowing James to have the type of leash that he had. And I think James is fantastic and I think he's done a, a phenomenal job, but you can't just, you, you never know, I guess is the point. So while you may be right, Logan, I could also see a scenario where new ownership says, hey, listen, man, we don't want a whole lot of shit moving around while we're trying to take control of this. Um, we have a philosophy, like we'll get everybody up to speed on it and what we look like and how we want to approach, you know, team building and, and winning culture and all of that. It's in stark contrast to what you've been doing. So I'd like everyone to just hold tight. Let us let us play this out. You know, I don't know, but 
I could see a situation like that. So it'll be very interesting to see. And what about the second question? Because I don't know. I'm thinking about like any beefs between ownerships. And I don't I don't know of any off the top like that. I'm sure there's beef, though. Like, I am positive there's beef between like. Listen, those are all uber rich, super egotistical, competitive. Yes. You think they ain't beefing or talking shit behind each other's back? You would be naive. Um, but I don't know of any real ones and I couldn't put any names to, 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 or faces to names or anything like that. I don't know of any, uh, within front offices, I think it's just like any other walk of life, man. Like you got guys that, that like, you know, when I was with Griff, you could tell not that he ever talked about it, that there were some dudes when he talked about them, he talked about them and doing business with them affectionately and with some sort of like, uh, uh, you know, like a, a, a pep in his voice, if you will. And there were other dudes then when he get off the phone, it sounded like it was a grind and he didn't like working with them all the time. I don't, again, I don't know who they were, but I think that's in any business. There's some people that, that, uh, comport themselves in a way that, that, that makes it fun to, 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 to work with them and the others that don't. And so that's just, that's just the way it goes. As much shit as there's being talked at every NBA arena, I'm sure there is a lot of beef in the NBA. There's a lot. It's uh, under the surface. There's messy beef. There's, it's, I would say that the NBA is the equivalent of a high school lunch table or a high school environment. It is the messiest. It's one of the messiest places on earth. Like it's not, I meant like petty, all the shit. It's, it's great. You talking about locker rooms and team dynamics. Yeah. We got a lot going on there. You guys only, I would say you guys only see like a fraction of a fraction of what it say is. Less, but bro, go say ahead, less, guys. Say yeah. less, bro. Yeah, say yeah, less, yeah, say yeah, less. Yeah. Hey, the last part, DeAndre Ayton, <laughs> DeAndre Ayton to Brooklyn. Yeah, I think that'd be big time for Brooklyn. I mean, I, I don't know how feasible that is or or realistic or what the cap situation would look like and who's got to be. But but if you just took DeAndre Ayton and some some fringe pieces from Brooklyn and swapped them, yeah, I think that'd be that'd be huge in terms of Brooklyn is a problem right now, but Brooklyn would be a problem. This episode is supported by State Farm, man. I remember when I first got into a car accident, it was pure frustration because I did not have State Farm. And now that I do have State Farm, it is an exclamation of pure joy. But the only words that you need to remember are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm has options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Learn more at statefarm.com. This episode is brought to you by Arby's. It's 3 p.m. and dinner is still hours to come. Maybe lunch didn't quite hit the spot. That's where the new two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps from Arby's come in. Available in ranch, barbecue, and honey mustard. They're perfect for the afternoon snack attack or as an add-on to your meal. Arby's two-for-five-dollar chicken wraps are here for a limited time at participating locations. Visit an Arby's near you or order ahead on the Arby's app. Guess what? Santa Barkley is coming to town and he's delivering $20 million in gifts this holiday season to all FanDuel customers. It doesn't matter if you've been naughty or nice, St. Chuck has something for everyone. 
Just check your FanDuel app for no sweat, same game parlays, bonuses, and all sorts of stuff that'll fill you with holiday cheer. All right, man, there's two games tonight, and you know me. I'm taking the over. We got Pelican Spurs, and, you know, I just think there's going to be a high scoring affair. Same with the Wizards Jazz. Taking the over on both of those things. That's what I'm going to do. And you can do it all on FanDuel. If you're new to FanDuel, now is the perfect time to sign up. And remember to use promo code RINGERMBA. That is promo code RINGERMBA. The app is easy to use. They're always hooking you up with great promotions. And when you win, you get paid instantly. So see for yourself why FanDuel is America's number one sports book. And get in the holiday spirit with $20 million in gifts from St. Barclay. 21 plus in select states, first online real money wager only refund issued as a non-withdrawable free bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Got a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com backslash RG. In Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 Arizona, 1-88-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org backslash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-0-STOP Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org Maryland, 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York, 1-800-522-4700, Wyoming, or visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia. What's next, Kai? All right, up next, keeping in the, the spirit of owners, are we, this one's from Ryan, are we giving MJ a pass? We wouldn't give any other owner if they had a track record of mediocrity that Charlotte has had during his tenure? Word, it's MJ, bro. Well, yeah, it's MJ. And also, bro, like there have been a dog. The Sacramento Kings have not made the postseason since I was in seventh grade. We talk a lot of shit about them, though. We do talk a lot of shit about them. I mean, that's the point, right? Like the point is like, yeah, all of those teams and you could go ahead and rattle them off because I know you're about to. But we talk shit about almost all of those teams. And I think my man Ryan. But here's the thing. I feel like we talk shit about Charlotte, bro. We do talk shit about Charlotte. It happens. No, no, not really. In fairness, no. It's always with a caveat, huh? It's we like, very rarely talk like Charlotte, dude. We talk Lamelo. No, 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 no. I'm talking about league wide. I feel like I feel like since Mike be getting them Adam Morrison, uh, not Adam Morrison. Uh, what's his name? Uh, from Gonzaga. What's his name? Yeah, Adam Morrison was the dude you talking about. Is that his name? No, Adam yeah. Morrison is a is a rock star. It is Adam Morrison. I played with that. I played with Adam Morrison. Yeah, it is, is Adam Morrison. Okay, well, okay. you go. I, listen, I played with the man. I know his name. All right, hey, fuck you. Um, but uh, <laughs> uh, no, but he. I feel like he does get shit for that. I feel like because it's Charlotte, maybe he does. It's maybe not on a national scale all the time, but I, he does get shit for the moves that he did. There was always a narrative that like, yo, Mike always hires people that's close to him. The illusion is that he has a lot of yes men around him, right? That's always what. That was always the narrative. Like he doesn't get Charles Barkley stopped being friends with him because he would call him out about. Like how bad his team has been. It's, I, I would push back a little bit to say that Mike gets the criticism as a, as a uh, front office person. Maybe not to the others extent, but he do. I'm a huge fan of Mike, right? Like I was, a, I grew up an MJ fan. I Who got to play. It? I got to play for there were some that weren't. I got to play for MJ, which was pretty cool. I lived across the hall from MJ for a while. Like I, I'm. This isn't to discredit anything MJ's got, but there is a slight point there. He does not get. 
you might talk about MJ and some of those things, but he don't get he don't get like sliced and diced like others might. And I think he's fucking he's MJ. So that was my original point. No, he don't. Sorry. Hey, what's the aura of MJ? I've never met MJ before. What's what's the aura of MJ like, bro? Like it's it's regal. It's regal, bro. In okay. all its splendor, it's fucking MJ, man. It's like you know. He walks around with this. You see how I got this glow of this bullshit light? You got the aura right around my yeah, parents' aura office. Around his, around yeah, dog. It's MJ, and it is what it is. I think the fact that we don't ever talk about the Bobcats is an is is kind of well. We don't talk about the Bobcats because they don't exist. We talk we talk about the Hornets. My bad. Sorry. Yeah, cut that out. Yeah, my bad. Or keep it in. Shit, I don't fuck. <laughs> but yeah, we don't talk about the Hornets. It was the Bobcats when I played there, but we don't talk about the Hornets because because they're not good, and because of some of the things that. MJ might in the media get skewered for. So like, I think that's, that's the sentence there is like, they don't get spoken about really because I mean, they're really not that interesting. Are they also, I will say this to juxtapose that, you know, I know that I know I, you all know, I love the word juxtapose to juxtapose that mm, juxtapose it. The Kings mess is a lot more interesting than the Bobcats mess. I'm going to just, I'm not going to hold you. Like when they were going through their stuff, like moving out and things like that, they were just a lot more interesting. The the Hornets like mess and like they're um just not being good. It's just not that interesting. No one cares. No one cares. No one cares. Come here, buddy. This is this is one of my sons. The God. Is- the God. What's up? Ty Bell and has has made his appearance. How you doing, bro? You wanna say what's up? He said how they doing. Good. You good? You chilling? All right, he's, he just left. Ty's helping me fulfill Santa duties, man. Real thing though, I this is the first time interacting with Ty, even though like I'm a Ty Bell guy. That's my guy. He is every bit of the superstar that you would think he is. He's just, the only thing that he says on the Zoom is, hi. <laughs> just walk up. <laughs> he is every bit of the star and diva that I thought he was. Oh, man. What's the next question, Kai? Last question? A couple more, bro. We got a couple more, and we'll be out of here, dog. Look, listen. This bro, is the last we're 35 pod that, in right now, bro. I'm hey. trying to play Santa. I'm Listen, who was that, Kyle, that asked the question? Hey, first and foremost, Kyle, don't fuck up being Santa, dog. Hey, 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 listen. This is the last pod that they're going to get from us for the year, bro. Let's fucking let's fucking hold our fans down. What's the next question, Kai? This is from Texas Seth. Ask Raja who he'd prefer guarding Steph or Kyrie. That's the first part. Mm. And then the actual question is what should the Warriors do with James Wiseman? Thanks, y'all. Day one listener. Like, look, man, I don't know who I'd rather guard. I'd probably take Steph. No, 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 no. It's a no win. That's a trick question, my man. Like, are you saying that you might get mixed by both of them? Is what you're saying? Oh, I would definitely get friend? mixed. Both. I mean, okay. you, you. Everyone who guards Kyrie and Steph at some point gets mixed, so that's certainly going to happen. Um, maybe Kyrie because just he tends to play with less range. If that makes sense, like he, mm-hmm. you know, Ky- you rarely see Kyrie pull up from the from the half court, even though I'm sure he could. So maybe because I'd have to guard him in less space. But it would be. I don't want to guard either one of them, dudes. I don't. Want, I don't want to see you guard any of them, especially at your age. <laughs> I, I don't want to see that happen. <laughs> I guess I'll answer. I'll answer the Wiseman question. Wiseman's tough, man, because I think the Warriors are getting to the point right now where he had thirty and five the other day, but that was all, or last night. And that was in a blowout. He's showing some signs, but I think like if he doesn't get it together fast. The clock is really ticking on Wiseman to do good because what the Warriors see right now is they see a really big tax bill and they see a that's paying for a 500 ball club and they see that their first round pick that they that was supposed to be really good 
is not holding up, is not, is, it's not working out. They also see next year, he has a $12 million, he's getting about to be due to be paid $12 million. And with the luxury tax, I think that's like upwards of like $70 million for like one guy. And they're not getting the returns that they wanted on him. He doesn't look like a superstar. There's a good chance if this continues, he's not on the team next year. And that's just, that's, that's where we are right now. There is, because you don't want to pay $12 million for a guy that you're just going to send to the G League all the time and who, who hasn't been able to play. And, you know, this is coming from a guy like me who has been a Wiseman, whatever you want to call it. I've been high on Wiseman and thinking that he would work it out. And if, he, if this continues his path, there's a good chance that I don't think he's on the team next year. Um, and I guess that's my that's my Wiseman take and whatever you want to call it. But it's not looking good right now. Um, I think the biggest thing, and I think I asked Steve this when we first when we had him on, in a perfect world, and Raja could attest to this, they would have wanted Wiseman to take Kavon Looney's spot in the first couple of weeks of the season. Just be like, nope, this is my this is my team. This is what I'm going to do. And it just didn't happen like that. And so it's tough for Wiseman right now. And yeah, it's, 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 it's tough. Last one. I got one fun one. We got a fun one. Last one. Let's, let's go. Raja wants to dip. Let's get out of okay, here. Okay. This is the last one, Raja. I got you. It's this all Raja's one. fault. It's Raja's fault. I have to coach a basketball game, right? We are in a holiday tournament and I have mm. to be at the bus at one It is currently 1230, right? And so I have an obligation to all these high school kids to be there and help them get their uniforms, take them over, make sure we're, we're good to go. See if we can get a win today. So apologies for my for my rushed sound here, but yeah, that's fair. Okay, all right. Well, shit. What we got? Last question. All right. This is from Jack from your house. Now, <laughs> Logan, don't 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 shoot the messenger here. All right. I'm just I'm just reading this. He says, "I right, fellas, okay. I don't want any excuses. There's no reason this hasn't been addressed." Raja, as a colleague of Logan's, you are also held responsible for this. Logan, why? Oh, fuck. You use a sharpie every morning and draw that on there. Your eyebrows have a baby and leave it on your lips to adopt. I swear I can hear oh things tickling the mic every time you speak on the pod. Wow. My brother, you are a trendy, well-dressed, well-behaved young man. Why do this to yourself? November is over, my brother. End the pain. I say this because I love you. Stop it. Get some help. Or a bic. Rara, you're cool. Wow. <laughs> that wasn't even the most unhinged question either. The other no. one's got to stay off the mic. Damn. I'm speechless. I mean, yeah, I'm speechless. So I, I you talking about my eyebrows? Yeah, you're talking about your mustache. Mustache. Yeah, yeah you're talking about I, your stachio, son. I would just say this. I would just say this. I had plenty of, of of pictures that my my children see, or my wife will go back and look at, or even my friends, boy. And I used to have. I couldn't grow a thick mustache like that, Logan. So my mustache was like really, really, really thin. Well, I thought I was oh. rocking that shit in the early 2000s. And people, I mean, it's not, I mean, sure, I'm sure everyone has pictures when they thought they were doing it, like about two decades yeah. ago, where they're like, I'm really not doing it. But mine happens to be centered around a mustache. I can't grow any, I can't grow like a full, like, beard and chin strap, bro. And me like, I don't have the goatee vibe. I don't really like the goatee vibe for me. So this works. You know what I'm saying? So, you know. Hey, um, thanks for listening, Jack. <laughs> thanks for listening, to big dog. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. I don't know what to say to that. Right. What do I say that was to that? pretty I like quick. It. Really quick. You want to go one more? You got one more? If it's a quick one, go one more, Kai. Give that us was pretty else. funny, though, Jack. Thanks, bud. Yeah, yeah let's that do one was more. good. Let's do that one was more. good. Jack. I don't want to end on that note. 
I don't want to end on that. <laughs> <laughs> Just wanted to pick a quick kind of unhinged one. All right, we'll get oh, we'll get one man. more in there. Okay, this one's from Kobe. Uh, hi, Logan and Raja. Love the show. Just wondered what your thoughts are on young teams of trash talk. For example, someone like the Pelicans not putting them on blast, but B.I. has got some abuse from Suns fans this week after he was talking last week. Do y'all think they're feeling themselves enough to talk their shit, or do you think they need to achieve something before you can trash talk? Love the show. Keep it up. Okay. I felt like a supremely old head last time we talked about the Pelicans and I talked about the 360 dunk and what it talks about with maturity to the point where I had to talk to a couple of my homies like, am I off base here? Like, how old am I right now? Like, I really felt like, I feel like a federale, but I don't care. Like, I really don't care. I mean, they got to go through their, their, uh, their growing pains and which is why I don't think the Pelicans are ready at this point. And it's fine. It's okay. Like, they're, this is what you're supposed to do. This is how you're figuring yourself out and figuring out how to be a good team. So I don't really care. I mean, that's going to happen and they're going to get roasted for it and they're going to learn from it. And that's what it is. Let me answer this question by telling a story. All right. And we'll end it on this. I'm going to answer this question by telling a story. Once upon a time in Salt Lake City, Utah, there was a 24-year-old fourth-year NBA player who was excited to be out on the court but hadn't proven or done shit yet. And into town came one of the best two guards of all time on his farewell tour as a, what, 15 or 16-year-old pro. He wore number 31, and he played for the Indiana Pacers. Mm. So this particular legend was just chilling. It was his farewell tour, sleepy night in Salt Lake City. He had no reason to be engaged. He wasn't there to do anything but play another game, get his waves, and say, hey, I won't go back to Utah again for a while. But he ran across this 24-year-old who happened to have seven or eight points in the first quarter and was feeling himself. So the 24-year-old, in all of his stupidity, says, hey, old man, this is going to be all night. To his surprise, the old man said nothing in return. He just shot him a stare that could have cut through glass. The 24-year-old went back to his bench, regathering himself for the second quarter, and upon returning to the court, promptly got roasted for the next Three quarters. The old grizzled vet turned to the young man before exiting the court and says to him, be careful what you ask for, youngin," and retires to the locker room. Can you guess who the two participants in that story were? Um, one is Raja Smell at that point because he, Correct. Was, he, was, on some, he was on some stank shit. Um, and the other is the legend Reggie Miller. Correct. And I told that man after dropping eight points, yeah, old man, this is going to be all night. That must, hey, bro, the look that that cat shot me, I'm just not a great storyteller, so I couldn't come up with like No, this that was great, amazing, dude. Thank you. You needed to put like a sound designer on that. Bro, when I'm telling you, it was surprise. Like, what the fuck? And like, oh, bit, that's what you want? And I remember it hit me in my soul. I was like, oh, I fucked up. Like, you know, the, the Dave Chappelle at that moment, he yep. knew he had fucked up. And I went back to that bench, like, still confident, mind you, because I was talking that shit. But somewhere deep down, I was like, what the fuck is about to take place? My man went off. Was this before or after you fucking went at Jordan and he kicked your ass? Was that was this before or after that? This was after, but I ain't say nothing to Mike. Oh, you just scored. You just you had just I was, scored. I just on had twenty one in a preseason game at Penn State. Okay, and Got when it. we okay. saw him in the regular season, he just wasn't on preseason shit anymore. He was he was fully engaged, and I was sitting over there next to Larry Brown after I had like turned the ball over four times and missed seven shots. So. Um, but this particular night, and I was rarely a shit talker, so I don't even know why I did it. I, I really didn't talk shit. Did you like? Were you a Reggie Miller fan growing up or something? Loved like, Reggie. Like, Loved okay. him. 
And boy, my mouth just opened and it came out. It was like out of body experience. My mouth opened, it came out. And then there he was looking at me and I was like, oh, I fucked. A question for you. Question for you, Roger. So like, I'm the type of guy, this is why I don't like to talk shit on the court because every time I talk shit, I start playing like shit because yeah. like my, my focus is always on like the shit talking rather than the game. Are you one of those shit talkers to like where it takes you out? I'm a notorious non-multitasker. Everyone knows it. My wife, yeah. like if I'm sitting there trying to like do anything on a phone or anything, you can't even have a conversation with me because I can't hear it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So they know that. But and and for that reason, I can't talk shit <laughs> because I will. <laughs> for those reasons, you're out. For <laughs> sure, man. That, that's what's up, bro. Dog, that, this is a been a great mailbag man hey happy Those holidays are, it, even my mans that roasted my mustache because that shit was fucking hilarious i'm not gonna <laughs> hold you that shit was hilarious I, I, you guys can't see it on the zoom but i fucking fell out of my chair <laughs> i was great that, that boy oh. hit you with the the eyebrows and the mustache dog it's like when you get it's like you know you if you played against Kyrie. i got i got shook and i'm on the ground it's like I, there's nothing i can do about it there's nothing that would happen so that was uh, another edition of Real Ones, our final edition of 2022. Thank you guys so much for, for everything. Um, also, wait. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. We got to do Real One of the Week. Sorry, Kai. Apologies. Actually, do we have to do Real One of the Week? We did Real One of the Year last episode, didn't we? Yeah, we gave them Real One of the Year last episode. You guys will be all right. We will see you guys. Um, keep that shit in, too. Um, <laughs> we'll see you guys uh, top of next year in January. We got a lot in store for you guys. It's going to be really fun. We're going on hiatus. We're going to go kick it with our families. Happy holidays, everybody. Happy holidays. Happy holidays, man. Um, We will see you guys next week. Or damn. We will see you guys next year. Talk soon. Holla. Holla.